Hi, my name is Steven. Hi, I'm April. This is the Three Pi Squared ABA Business Leaders Podcast, where we discuss topics on how to create and grow an ethical and sustainable ABA practice. Together, Stephen and I owned a seven-figure ABA practice that provided both clinic and in-home services. 3Pi Squared has helped over 900 ABA practices start up and expand with our comprehensive products and services geared specifically to ABA. Now, let's get to the podcast. April and I are so honored to have Margin Keeper sponsor this podcast. Running an ABA business comes with its share of challenges, managing clients, staff, insurance, the list goes on. One thing you shouldn't add to your stress, bookkeeping. That's where Margin Keepers comes in. They're specialists in ABA business, which means they understand exactly what we need. With Margin Keepers handling your finances, you can focus on what really matters, your clients, and your practice's growth. They're more than just bookkeepers, they're lifesavers in the financial world of ABA. So for peace of mind and expert financial management, turn to Margin Keepers. It's a decision that will lift a weight off of your shoulders. Check out Margin Keepers at www.marginkeepers.com and see how they can help your business thrive. So hello, everyone. Today with us, we have Jennifer Helton. Um, She is one of our BCBA business leader panelists. So she is not new to you guys. You have, she's been here on quite a few podcasts, but today she gets to join us. We get her all to ourselves. Um, she's joining us solo today. So um, today we're going to talk about, so I reached out to the pan, to the panelists and I, you know, let them know that I would love to do like a spotlight um, and asked each one, you know, what kind of interests, uh, what are their like interest in like or what do they have like a main passion in or like what's their interest or what's a project they're working on um in their agency or anything that they wanted to come on and talk about today and um jennifer reached out to me quickly because i love it jennifer you're always like on the ball ready to to (laughs) to talk about these things um but uh about the employee employer relationship and i think it's an amazing topic and definitely something that's super important to talk about. So let's get started. And Jen, I don't know if you want to start out by just telling um, those listening who may be new to you today um, a little bit about yourself, and then you could just kind of go in and, and tell us, um, just start about the topic and tell us like why this is, pa- you know, why you're passionate about this or you know, why this interests you and tell it, you know, we can kind of get the conversation going. Sounds great. Thank you, by the way, for allowing me to be here and just to have this one-on-one conversation. And then hopefully it's helpful (laughs) to business owners who are coming up into this or have been in it for a little while, because anybody who's a business owner knows it's a continual growing, humbling, uh, highs, lows. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, uh, relationship in your business with your business. Um, a little bit about me. I started back in the ABA, um, field back in actually 1997. Um, I kind of fell into this field. I was a nanny for parents that I had moved down to Texas to work for. Um, at, at that time I could tell you, I knew nothing about autism. Definitely had never heard of applied behavioral analysis. Wasn't even on anybody's radar. So, um, after two years being a nanny, I moved into the, I decided to become a, a therapist and I 
absolutely fell in love with the science. Um, I fell in love with the idea of walking alongside a child and their parent um, through a journey that could help the child become the best version of themselves. Um, it was never, when I started in it, it was never about fixing a child. It was about helping them overcome obstacles to be successful and to navigate relationships. And, you know, it was just what we want for all of our kids. Um, you know, came, you know, been in it for, I can't even believe I can almost say this, nearly 30 years at this point. So I have seen ABA from its inception in, as, as part of a field or an industry to what it has now become. Um, and I do think that there's a lot of wonderful things that have come that have come through the years through ABA, but I also think there's a lot of things that desperately need to be addressed. And we need, as small business owners especially, and people who are passionate about our why of why we do this, to help each other kind of say this isn't right, we need to start taking a look at it from this perspective and remember what we're do what we're in here for. We're in here for the kids. Um, is you know that's just kind of our calling. So um, so that yeah. So I started as a therapist, worked my way up, and now here I am an owner. Um, didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> Anybody who's going through the beginning of this, you're probably going yes. Oh my goodness, I can't even believe. And I do kind of agree with the ignorance is bliss type feedback because I definitely don't know had I known what I was going to get into if I would have continued to pursue it or if I would have just stayed independent. Um, but I'm in it and I'm committed and I'm, you know, mostly in my journey now is I really want to help other small business owners who are going into this industry for the correct reasons. Know that you're not alone and how to help maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that I had to learn the hard way. Um, maybe kind of take that to consideration and go, okay, I can see that maybe this will help me along the way. And I think one of the biggest things this is why I'm so passionate about this is that interdependent relationship between the agency and your team or your leadership and your team, however you want to frame that, that terminology, because I feel like there's a lot of times I read about, you know, in business reviews or following um, business leaders, it seems like there's an us versus them mentality. And when you walk into it like that, you've already just, stopped working as a team there's that that team mindset is already just out the door if it's us versus them and i remember when i first started into this um as an owner i was sitting across from my cpa and he said to me that he's actually the one that has started planting that seed of that interdependent relationship and he said to me you have hired you have hired these individuals to come in and perform X, Y, Z. And as the owner or their leader, you are expected to provide and do X, Y, Z. And you can't have one without the other. And there's a responsibility on your, in your team as much as there's a responsibility on you. And that was really, that really resonated with me because at that time, I thought I was the one who had to bear the sole responsibility of that relationship and that it was my job as the owner or as their leader or um, 
to be the one to make sure that they were always happy, to be the one to make sure that I was always the one communicating. And I didn't expect the reciprocation. I didn't expect the reciprocation in the relationship. And I thought that I would be looked at as a greedy, as a greedy owner or um, that my, my intentions weren't as true as I was saying they were. And so I was always trying to shoulder that responsibility of proving that I was a good owner. I was, I care about my people. I care. And there was no accountability on my team for their side of this relationship. And so moving forward. And as I started, you know, moving, you know, get through many trials and tribulations, many falls, many pitfalls, many just like, I can't even tell you the amount of, you know, but I've had great people along the way. I mean, kind of plug three pi squared. I mean, thanks to them, there was a lot of things that I found through their resources, but then I had coaching, I had mentoring, I had, I self, I was self-teaching by reading leadership books, doing podcasts, anything I could do to develop myself as a leader and then I started transforming and learning and realizing and trusting that what I had to offer was true and it was no longer my responsibility. It was never my responsibility for somebody's thought, perception, whatever. As long as I was honest and transparent, that was their their responsibility. Um, and so what I started doing is I started making sure that I was practicing what I preached. And it was, we're going to sit down and we're going to have honest conversations. We're going to have difficult conversations before they turn into nuclear conversations. We're going to start an accountability. We're going to really, we're not going to have hallway conversations. We're going to have things that we all know we're on the same page on. And I'm going to hold you accountable just like you need to hold me accountable. And I'm not going to bear the sole responsibility of this relationship. Um, you know, and then during COVID, you you heard about the great resignation. You know, people were just deciding to leave companies, you know, big, bad business owners, you know, we're all greedy, greedy, greedy. Um, and now we're turning into what I've what I've been listening to and reading and hearing about is the great um, the great um, regret of people who have left and going it really I really did have it. I really see the other side. The grass really wasn't greener. And I think there's so much emphasis and what you see more and more about is what the, what the responsibility of the owners are. It's never the response. Nobody ever talks about the responsibilities as an employee or as a staff member or a team member. And as I said, it's an interdependent relationship. So I have a job, you have a job. And we have to work together and own our side of each of this relationship in order to make to be successful, not only with our kids, but if you want career advancement, if you want to grow, if you want to grow as a person or as a professional, you have to own that side of it. And I think, honestly, April, when you sent that out, what was on my mind is I had probably just read somebody just all these people just bashing owners or bashing leaders and then hearing about, Oh, if you're not happy, move on, you know, but I never see any accountability on that, on the other side of it. It's always the responsibility of the leader or the owner. And I was like, that's not fair. And I'm going to say something about it, (laughs) you know, so I was like, perfect. This is a perfect place to start. 
And also as an owner, how you look at that and how you foster that and how you how you cultivate that ownership in your team um, and what you kind of have to make sure you're doing. Um, there's a book that we're all reading called Extreme Ownership, and um, it talks about it's not what you it's not what you preach. It's what you accept. So if you're going to preach it, but you don't follow through and you accept subpar, then that's really on you. You know, if you're not going to, you know, and so that's taking that ownership. So when I was thinking about this and putting things down, I was kind of like built myself two columns. I was like company and team members. And really, honestly, every category, there's a responsibility on both sides of what each side should should bring to the table in that. Um, I think in the ABA industry, um, we all know that we all know the struggles of staff turnover. We know the struggles of, especially with RBTs. I know burnout is a real thing for BCBAs, and I'm telling you, burnout's a real thing for CEOs too. It's a real thing. And honestly, I don't have this. I, you know, I didn't do my due diligence and do a whole lot of research. It's just stuff that I've read and stuff. But I do know I read a few months ago that CEO burnout and leadership burnout is actually higher than employee burnout, and it's like totally understandable. Um, but I think too, some of that could be avoided if we're all trying to understand, you know, what is our what is our role, what is our lane, what is our trusting each other, and kind of you know, weeding out toxicity, but treating people with that dignity and respect and bringing that back into the workplace instead of going into the corporate, you're a cog in a machine, you know? And I said, I think that's the only way things are going to change and and kind of teaching people accountability on both ends. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I this is just all just so perfect, I think, for for the, where we all are in, in life and our the timing of post or COVID times and all of that. Um, But also in in like what we talk about a lot and and that's it, like burnout, you know, we were talking to, um, you know, we're always, always talking to BCBA business owners, but like various um, like new ones versus ones who have been in for years or ones who have worked in the field for a long time for other companies. And now they're starting their own and, you know, one of the biggest things that we talk about is like, you know, boundaries and making sure that you can delegate and all of this. And all of those things are important too. But I think that this point that you're bringing to us today is extremely important, you know. And, and when you were talking about how, you know, going into this, you felt like it was your responsibility. You had to you had to do all the things. You were, you were essentially like in charge of how everybody felt and how, and whether they liked their job or not, or if they did a good job or not, it was up to you. And there is some responsibility, but what you're bringing to us today about it's everyone has responsibility. And I I just think that's a really important step to sit back, to step an important thing. I can't talk today. An important thing to step back and really look at and really ask yourself like, where you're, where you are in that process. And so if the business owners listening today, whether they are new or if they've been at this for a long time, what would your advice be to them? Like the so they're listening to this and they're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I do feel 
the weight of all of this on my shoulders and I am burnt out and, but I want to change this. What, what would be like a first step that you would um, advise them to do? Well, I think like part of where that came from me is I was always thinking I had to compete with everybody out there because I didn't want to take the chance of losing a staff member and them going to somebody else because they offered them something different, something different. And so when I really started investing and really coming to the understanding and being honest up front with a candidate of, I understand that this company can offer you X, Y, Z. I can't offer that. And I had to stop feeling guilty for not being able to offer talent what a, what a big box company could offer. I had to stop feeling guilty about that and start highlighting what I could offer that I knew they couldn't. And what I could offer was you were going to get very well trained. You will always have training. You will always have support. I don't tolerate politics in this office. I will not tolerate gossip or the tearing down of the team. I will not tolerate that. And um, we are all here to we are here for a common goal. And that common goal is our kids. And so when I started getting honest and confident with that and not being apologetic about it, that helped shift my mindset of, you're right, I'm not going to be able to give you 20,000 benefits that maybe somebody else can, but I know what I can offer and I'm confident in that and I can't, I'm not going to apologize for what I cannot offer and I'm not going to bear that guilt or that responsibility on that anymore because I am very confident in what I offer. And that is where that mind, sh- when I, when that mind shift, when I got to that point and was able to really sit in that and really be confident in that things started shifting for me as an owner. And then I started even more, as I was saying, learning. And what I really realized is at the end of the day, I would never be in a relationship, a personal relationship outside of my office where I was 100% responsible for that relationship. So why would I do that in my own company? Yeah. Yeah. As I'm like, I was like, for the very beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so codependent, right? (laughs) And and then I'm like, yeah, interdependent. Oh my gosh. Makes complete sense because I purposefully didn't do any like research going in or like reading. I was like, I'm going into this conversation completely cold because I want to be really open to, to see what Jen has to share with us today. And so like, yeah, my, my, all kinds of light bulbs are going off in my head. I'm like, you're so right. And, and I think too, especially as a new owner, but it doesn't really change the more years you have under your belt. Like it's, you get into this like mind frame, like this like mindset and it's like, you know, I have to prove, I have to prove, I have to, you know, it's all on me. Um, so definitely we have a question here. So from Mallory, how have you, how, excuse me. How have you started the conversation with a team as a whole of this interdependent relationship? Have you done it from the very beginning when hiring someone new? Do you review it again if their performance is not reliable? And thanks for asking this question, Mallory, because I I was kind of wondering the same thing. It's like, this is a really big question. This is a really big ask. This is like really uncomfortable, especially if your whole focus has been keeping everybody happy. And you carrying it all like this is like super uncomfortable. So how how do you do this? I think that that's a great question. And I and I and, and the short answer is it's evolved. 
it, it, this has been an evolution of how to start it, but it ultimately comes from, it ultimately began with me and what I was willing to accept and are willing to own versus what I was willing to say, this is not my responsibility. And I can't be responsible for a person's, I can be responsible in my tone and my delivery and my expectations, but I can't be responsible for the way a person takes it. I honestly cannot please everybody. You, you just have to understand that you can't. So back to the initial question and, and you know, it, in the beginning, it was just something I didn't really say much about it. It was just like, well, you know, we got to be sure, you know, you got to be sure, you know, the conversation was more like a suggestion. <laughs> here's, I'm suggesting that you do your, you know, here's our job description. Here's what we're talking about. Here's the training. Here's like, I'm going to hold your hand. And basically, instead of me helping them, I was carrying them. And so then as I started, you know, like I said, as I started getting more confident, I started seeing that the staff was reacting well to the transparency and the honesty and the feedback. And the more that I was honest and, and approaching things before I, before they became a big issue, that's when I would take the time to reiterate, okay, well, remember here, like for our RBTs, you know, especially our RBTs, we have like quarterly check-ins because they have different levels of what they can grow into. It is very well laid out. It is There is no question on the expectations. And it's, you know, there's times where I'm just, you, hey guys, remember your, your, we call it an RBT gap program is coming up. Be sure you're, you know, always reviewing what we're looking for and everything that's in their growth is mirrors their job description, which everything complements each other. It, it all complements each other. So you won't go to one part and say, oh, in the employee handbook, it says this, but in here it says this. Everything by design, it's there. It's married. It's interdependent. It's just like everything. And then just I'll just give you an example here recently at a staff meeting um, because I've gotten to know my staff. We They know me so well. They know how pretty blunt I am. Um, I've just had to work more on my tone. I We were having an issue with soap notes, which I am sure everybody can say, yes, do please, for the love of Pete, why are we not getting our soap notes in? So I can't tell you how many times we've had meetings about this. <coughs> so what I did is I posed it a different way. I said, I want to understand what is the barrier in you completing these notes. You're paid for the time to complete them. You're given a specified amount of time and we've trained you and we've worked with you. But why do you all think that we're still struggling? So I kind of gave the kind of gave the power to them in, in a way. And I asked for their feedback instead of just being the one up there saying, if you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this. And so it, it opened up this really great dialogue. And in that dialogue was where it, we were able to start talking about and being able to, that was a place I took the opportunity to say, okay, but it, are we not giving you what you need? Are you not getting the time? Are you not, do you not feel, no, everybody in agreement? No, no, we have plenty of time. We have plenty of time. Okay, so why are you not fulfilling your side of this? Because this seems pretty simple to me. And that's where I start taking the opportunity to say, you guys have to remember there is an interdependency here. Or like when we do 
team meetings, like we'll do big company meetings and we put a huge emphasis on teamwork. We put a huge emphasis on, um, you know, what is our goal? What is our mission here? And how do we achieve that? Well, we only achieve that by everybody taking accountability and working together and thinking about not just thinking about yourself, but thinking about the team as a whole. And that's, you have little snippets of those that are kind of intentionally planned to say, well, this was our agreement. And then it also comes out in your one-on-ones or your, or your reviews is anywhere you can put it in that continues to that in a non-threatening, non-emotional time when everybody's just level and we're just having a good conversation and everything can be very, very matter of fact, anytime you can plug it in there, it's kind of how I do, but it's not like it's, it's not overbearing. It's really more of a, just a gentle reminder and here's a suggestion or here's some influencing or here's instead of just boss, boss, boss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that it's, it. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's hard, right? It's hard. It's so simple, yet it's so hard. I, I, I yeah, because I, as I hear you talk, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's as easy as that. Um, yeah, and no. then you take it and then you're like, well, but, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. and that's, and that's something that, that, that I used to talk about all the time. I think I know Brene Brown said it. I'm not sure if I like, she's the one that coined it or if she just like reiterated it, but like clear as kind. And so, you know, anytime that like some of our, our clinicians, like lead clinicians would have trouble with the text or there would be some ongoing issues that didn't seem to be getting resolved, you know, or even like um, relationships with some of the parents of the clients that we work with. It's like, oh, you know, it's just not, we're not getting what we're wanting out of this and we're asking for things and we're not getting anything in return. And, um, and it starts to get frustrating, but if you don't take a step to one, like clearly communicate the expectation and the need and also follow up with what's the barrier here, you know, just what we're doing for the kids that we provide services for, right? Like we don't get mad at them because they can't tie their shoes. You know, we're like, Oh, what's going on here that they can't get the shoe tied. And then at the same level, the child has some responsibility, of course, with the help of their caregivers and whatnot, mm-hmm. but they have responsibility of putting the practice in and doing the hard work and, and you know, being there with us um, working on these things. So essentially, it's like the learning process and the team process for all of us involved. Do you have? I uh, was just going to yeah. say, like, in that communication yeah. realm. I think that, you know, communication is like the proverbial rabbit that nobody's ever going to find, you know, where I was actually listening. I was with I'm on an advisory group with other business owners, which I highly recommend any business owner to um, whether you think that you, you don't know what you don't know until you start getting in there and you start talking to other people and you start learning. Because at the end of the day, business is business. It doesn't matter if it's ABA, a school, a a church, it just doesn't matter. There is a business component and you need to make peace with that and understand that it's not, you're not greedy. You're not for, for having expectations of your team. You're not greedy. You can't run a business and pay them. You have a huge responsibility as an owner. These people are dependent on you for their checks, for their livelihood. And, but again, that's, Part of what this is, you're not carrying them. You shouldn't be the one carrying them. You can't make a person want to do more or be better. But in the communication realm, honestly, you hear, have you ever heard the keep it simple, stupid? Absolutely. 
I, I think no truer words have ever been spoken. You know, the more that you convolute it and the more I like, I was, I'm going to be honest. When I first started this, I told my husband, I am not going to be a policy and procedure company. We are not going to have these big handbooks and all of this. That's so corporate. Da, 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 da. Like I was like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody here wants to help the kids and we're just going to do it. And what I learned, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> my husband's always like, and how is that going now? Um, what I learned, though, is people need boundaries and they need yeah. to know how they're operating and what to operate in. Otherwise, there's just there's mass chaos. And me being, a, I'm more of a free spirit, more of a just take the bull by the horns. I'll go just, that's just who my personality. I'm just assuming everybody's like that. And so when I don't have people like that, I'm very confused. And I'm like, wait. And I don't think it's me. I'm like, it's them. They should just know this. And that's the side of the company. The business owner should, you know, that's not fair. You've just now put all that on that team member. And then they're going to be confused and frustrated and and feel like they're not doing a good job. And you're going to be frustrated and confused because you weren't clear in those policies. You weren't clear and gave them a roadmap of what to operate in. And so from their standpoint, they need to be sure that they do follow those policies. They do need to read them. They do need to adhere to them. And if it's not clear, they do. It is their responsibility to come to a BCBA or a lead or the owner or whomever and seek clarification instead of just sitting in it and going, well, I don't know what to do and just not doing it because it just starts this entire this entire snowball effect. Well, then you start, we start looking at behaviors and we're like, well, they're not doing this. They're not doing this. And really all it boiled down to is either they didn't follow what they should have done, which is go seek clarification or find the answer and know where to find the answer. And if they couldn't come to the right source and the, on the, on the agency side, was it clear? Is it accessible? Is it understandable or is it confusing, you know, making sure. And then when they don't follow it, holding the accountability. We had a we had a team meeting a couple weeks ago and we were it was talking about our time off policy. A lot of people aren't following the policy. We're very, very generous in people's time off. If you need time off, I want you to take the time off. And I'm not going to nine times out of ten. I, I can't I don't think I've ever in the whole time I've been had a business, have I ever told somebody they couldn't have time off? And part of the reason I don't do that is because I don't want them to end up calling in the next day. And then it turns into this, oh, well, you called in, now we've got to sit down and we've got a disciplinary thing, you know? And so what we started talking about instead and making the focus, it's not about you taking time off. You're not following the policy. And the policy states this, and we would have, and, and, and everybody knows it. Like, I, I'm not lying. They all know it. We've hammered this home. And I said, so if you're not following the policy and you call in, who, and you're all complaining about your schedule, shifting and changing and da-da-da-da-da, is that on the agency? Who who should bear that responsibility? And kind of just calling it out like that a little bit and everybody kind of sits there because and then when I have one on ones with people and we're talking about like on their reviews and stuff and we're talking about attendance or punctuality and we talk about the strain it puts on the team. And then if you're the one doing it, you're complaining about it one day that somebody did it, but then you do it the next time. You know, and, it, and again, this isn't about you needing a day off or you needing time off. That's not what this is about. This is about a policy that is very clear that you are not owning and following. 
And so, you know, that communication, but keeping it clear, keeping it very clear and very accessible is like, that's paramount. And it's paramount for the team to be communicate for the team member to be communicating. And, you know, everybody's going to come into a company or come into a job with their own baggage from past experience or how they look at authority or whatever. And, you know, there's a trust that has to be built on both sides, but it's not 100% responsibility on that, on that owner. It's as much on that person because we have to trust that they're going to come in and do their job and do what's right by the kids and follow the, follow the treatment plan, making sure they're not sitting on their phone, you know, not tearing down other people, anything like that, you know, talking to parents directly. So, so I'm curious, do you have anything talking of policies and procedures, Mm -hmm. but do you have anything, any way specific way that you address this or do you address this in the like training process when you're bringing on new staff and yeah, I have a second part to that, but I'm just going to stick with this first part for now. In the training, so it's funny you should ask that. We just redid our training. And what we did is basically the first four to six weeks for a staff member who's new to the team, let's just say they're an RBT or they're not an RBT, but they're going into the industry or they're going, they want to become an RBT. They're, the training is so organized and so laid out on what they're going to do. And there's redundancy in that training. So for example, we have an, we have an RBT packet that follows the, um, their online portion, but it also follows, it also goes through agency, like employee handbooks and things like that. And at the end of each week, there's like a set of five to eight questions and they're almost the identical questions every week. And it's the questions that we have found over the years that have always seemed to be very confusing. And so then at the end of the training, they are expected, it's almost like a competency from the agency as well, that they're expected to know certain things that are going to help guide them and keep them moving forward. But redundancies, I mean, it takes three touch points for somebody to actually remember what has been said. And so we just, there's just redundancy in it. And, and it, I think it's hard because the longer you're an owner, the longer you're in the field, the more you forget how what we think is common sense is brand new to people. And so you have it. I think that's another thing from the leadership side is to remember this is new and they're not just going to catch it like that. You have to have it's not any different than our kids. That's what I think is always so funny is like if you have to do DTT with a child, you're you almost have to do that with your staff sometimes, you know, and, and then you maintenance it. Right. And then you, you know, we do random rotation. We do all these things within that. It's not, the principles are not any different. We just don't seem to think that we should apply them all the time to adults. Yeah, totally. We have a comment here from Robin. Uh, Soap note conversations are so triggering to me historically. I've started asking about barriers as well, explaining the business reason we need it. I go into audits and the liability it poses if they continue to not do their soap notes when they're supposed to. And if they wait too long to do their notes, their data doesn't sync uh, to their notes. So, yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what you said earlier about, like, responsibility chart. And so I'm curious, like, when you sat down and did, like, your responsibility, your staff, you know, different team members' responsibility – is that something that you've done together with your team? Yeah, at first I was the one doing it all. Um, but then as the as my BCBA group has grown and my leadership team has grown, 
I've made it more of a team effort because I'm getting further and further away from that clinical, from even the day to day, you know, the more, the more insulated you get with the layer with your leadership, the more you have to bring in the team because you're no longer there for that perspective. You're not living that perspective. Um, I do want to say about the soap notes, the resolution to this, and I am going to be, you know, I hate that it, it turned into this, but we talked about it as a company, as a team, all my RBTs, everybody as a team. And I kept posing the question, what is the consequence? I kept posing that and giving that back to them. What is the consequence? What is the consequence? And I'd have people say, well, we have to run lunch duty. Well, I'm not going to, that's, you're, you're punishing the kids, not you, because you don't want to be there. I'm not doing that. And everybody just kind of sat there. They, nobody could come up, but they all agreed. One staff member even said, well, there's no consequence. So it's not really that big of a deal. Literally, that was one of the admissions. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that I what I was going to ask you without like sharing any very personal information from anyone, but like, what were some of the barriers to, you know what? I'm, I was actually kind of impressed and proud of them. It was time management. Don't feel like it. There was a couple legit ones, like if a child's in a behavior and your session goes a little bit over into And what I said is that I'm like, that is an exception. Those are exceptions. Our kids are not in behaviors all day, every day um, that cause that. And so it, with that, that's like a whole separate type of category. And that's all, we all work around that. We know that they may be a little bit late and, you know, that's all, that's different. I'm talking about the day to day. Why is your name on that soap note audit? And I, I, nobody really could give me, and it was funny what, just listening because I really just posed a question and just sat there and just waited for everybody. And then I kept saying, what's the consequence? What's the consequence? And so when nobody could come up with anything, I said, okay, well, here's what I'm going to propose. If your soap notes aren't turned in by 530 on Friday, those 15 minutes are a drop in pay. You're just, you're dropped down to eight dollars and eight dollars for those 15 minutes and everybody sat there and they're like okay that feels that's that seems fair they everybody agreed with it they thought that was great i had no person on that soap note audit the next week but what bothered me and it didn't seem to bother anybody else it bothered me that it had to be a punitive yeah reaction because that is exactly what i was trying to prevent yeah that's why i was asking you about the barriers because it's um you know, and, and that word just soap notes is like such a easy example to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so yeah. important. It's like, it's like, and, and, and kind of why also the way I've also explained it to them is, is I'm like, guys, if you, um, if, if the insurance, this is the way the insurance company knows, this is like literally their receipt of services rendered. It would be no different than if, you went to the doctor and they did a procedure that you weren't there for and they billed for it, but you know, they have it written in their soap note that it was there, even if it wasn't. I mean, this is like, this is their receipt to, I said, this is how they try to prevent fraud. I said, this is so much bigger than just me getting paid to pay you. I mean, this, this is just so much bigger than that. And, um, you know, and I stopped, I, I really stopped trying to point it as this is your job. This is just what you're supposed to do and tried to bring it more into this buy-in of this why, 
of why this is important. Um, and, you know, every time we get new staff members, we're starting over. So you get to a point where it's like you get everybody on board, you're going smooth, and then here comes new team members, and it's like, oh, we've got to reinvent the wheel again. But that's why you're trying to put, you know, design that ownership in your team from the beginning. So when they the new people come in, they see, oh, they're very serious about those soap notes. It is very, very important about that. They just don't understand. They don't understand the importance of that. And that's, you know, in in some ways that's not their cross to bear, but in other ways it is. Right. Well, I, I like how you pose it as responsibility as part of their job responsibility. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm curious, Stephen, if you have any. So I've been half listening to most of this, but you know, I, I like, I like what I've uh, been hearing, like bringing the text to BCBAs. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a part to play, right? They all have their, their own responsibility and giving them that ownership. And then, (laughs) you know, I, I think very similar to what you said, Jen, like what are the barriers? And it's my job as a leader to remove the barriers, right? To get rid of the roadblocks so that you all can do what you need to do. And as leadership, um, if you are hearing from people (laughs) that there are roadblocks (coughs) and you can remove them, remove them, please, right? Like like that, that's the other piece is that people are only going to say this roadblock (laughs) so many times. Uh, mm-hmm. before they just say, you know what, I've said this 15 times and nobody cares, right? And so there is, you know, that's your, our responsibility as owners, as, as leaders, to remove those barriers as quickly as we possibly can, or at least give an understanding as to why some barriers cannot be removed mm-hmm. and others are put right. in their place. And then I, I like, you, you know, again, policies and procedures, mm-hmm. like, I know, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're necessary. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're yeah. the, like they're the roadblock, or, or sorry, they're the guardrails, right? So like things right. don't go crazy, and so that, yeah, and that, you know, you know, in my career as you know, process engineer and and things like that, there were so many policies and and things. The the issue that you get into, and again, this is a another responsibility of leaders is if you're going to have that policy you better be right, right? Because if it isn't, if half of your policies are, eh, that's not really what we do, um, then then none of them are good, right? Because no, you've just ruined the whole thing, right? And so it's really important that what's down... It's threatening. It's, there's yeah, no, there's yeah, no yeah, you know, that we're following accountability. That what is on the paper is what we do, and what we do what's on the paper. And, and so it's so important... Uh, because, it, it, yeah, uh, that's all I've got. To your point on the, removing the barriers, once those barriers are removed, though, it's then their, it's then the team member's responsibility to 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 go move through and say, okay, the barriers have been removed. This is no longer an excuse or a barrier or whatever. Now I need to step yep. up, you know, and do it. And, you know, like I've gone through our policies. I've gone through everything a million times, and I keep trying to see where I can trim fat and honestly – I think we've just gotten to the point where it's getting so streamlined that there's not really places to cut. It's just, you start getting it. You don't need, I don't need a 500 page employee handbook. You know, I, 
And the other thing I think to that point, though, with those being guardrails, I think it's important that you have your overarching employee handbook. That's like these are just basic company policies, but then different levels in the company, they need additional playbooks, right? These are the policies for your intake process, or these are our communication policies that are pertinent to a BCBA versus maybe your director of operations or whatever. And so what I had to learn that way is that there's like, and then those policies have to be sure that they're, that they're complementing the overarching policies. And so it's like, I don't know. I just think it's so interesting because it's just really literally this is like we're taking a treatment plan yeah. and we're implementing it in a business, yes. right? And so like here's what we're doing. I do think too one thing that's really important on a company's perspective is how you perceive your staff. You know, for a while there I would have people say, "Well, they're just an RB." Yeah. And that used to chat. Yeah, 100%. I get so freaking mad about that. And I finally said I finally said if they're just an RBT, why are they, why are, why are you, why do you think they're indispensable? Why do you think that they can just be, we can just hire a new one? Because they're the ones who are making you look good. And they're the ones taking this treatment plan and going in there and getting spit on, bit, kicked, hair pulled, changing crappy diapers, dealing with diarrhea. So just an RBT is a very demeaning. 100%. Yep. Tracy. And uh, so I am very adamant with, and that is something I really had to teach because the other side of that is too, is from a company's perspective, if I'm just looking at you as like, you're just somebody who I can just toss out and go hire somebody else, you have lost, you have spent, from a company's perspective, you've spent tons of money. We talk about that money on Mm -hmm. training, right? Mm -hmm. But what a lost opportunity to continue to advance our field and show the benefits of this field, of this industry, and what this can do for kids. And you've lost the opportunity to maybe bring another person who could have been a super talented BCBA or who could have been a huge advocate to help change this mindset. You lose opportunities like that when you treat those, when you treat technicians and therapists as just, uh, you know, my motto is until I tell you it's not your job, it's your job. Literally. It doesn't matter if you're in leadership or not. Yeah, there was like you know, there's all sorts of things on <laughs> Facebook, right? And you gotta kind of just read and move on with your life. But there was one, yeah. there was one post that that really it just hit me, and it was like you know, how do I prevent turnover? And I, I posted on it, and I, I gave like I don't know ten examples of things that you could do to reduce turnover. And some of the feedback was, hey, you can't reduce RBT turnover. There's nothing you can do. Just have a robust hiring process. And I was just like, I, I, and again, I try to be as positive as I can. And I'm not trying to judge, even though I'm well aware I'm judging right now. But uh, like, like <laughs> if, if we as a, an ABA field, and I'm adding myself to this, you're, while you're I'm not a BCBA, us, <laughs> like if, if we cannot change the behavior of our employees, right. Then what, how how in the world are we asking parents to trust us with their children, right? Like the, yep. it just it it infuriated me. And so like if we can't do this with our own staff, then how are we to to do with kids? Um, so yeah, I mean it's so important. And and take this as an opportunity to learn. Take this as an opportunity to uh, to change maybe the way that that you're training your staff, right? If 
if you've got a 30% turnover rate, eh, I'm not, I don't think it's the RBTs that are the problem. You know what I mean? You know, I, I'll, there's two things I want to say to that. Number one, if you are going to sit there and um, not give your RBTs grace and not truly invest in them and learn their style, learn how what's going to best, you know, the communication and all that, why do you think anybody should give you grace as a BCBA when you screw up? I mean, I'm pushing 30 years in this industry. While I'm not in the clinical part of it, I know I know every which way to Sunday on how this works with parent communication, with parent, with client outcomes, with staffing, with all of that. And I have no problem telling a brand new BCBA who's coming down hard on an RBT, why do you think we should enforce what they're doing when you're not even sitting here doing what I've asked you to do? You're not even modeling what you want from them. And I think that, that there's, again, here we are with all this finger pointing Oh, what's the company? They don't do this. Or, oh, it's this. And it's not this reflection of what is your job and what is your part of this. And to the, the reason that there's turnover is be people is just because people are not being treated right. I mean, when I saw that, I'm just last year for 2022, my turnover rate was 5%. I lost one person in 2022. And that's because she moved to Hawaii. Who the heck can compete? <laughs> you know, I'm Texas to Hawaii. That's a no brainer for me. But this year, we're on track for less than 10% of turnover. That's BCBAs and RBTs. And that what that tells me is there is the right way to do this. 100%, yeah. If you're willing to do it and stop looking at your, as, at your technicians as, you know, we can just toss them out with the, you know, with the bathwater and we'll just hire anybody else because you're not then there's no outcomes for the kids. Right. No, right. no. I mean, that's like, you know, you're looking at like your, your quality. Right. And, and so if you were, if you're not really putting, like looking at responsibility, right. Like part of business owner's responsibility is to make sure that each member of the team is getting what they need to do their job. That's admin, that's cleaning crew, mm-hmm. that's, BCBAs, that's BCABAs, that's techs, RBTs, like each part, each member of the team needs to have, yes, equal opportunity within, within their level, of course, but still they should each have what they need to do their job. And so a lot of times when we're coaching um, and consulting with, with business owners or I should say, I shouldn't speak for you, Stephen, but when I am coaching, especially I've done some, um, you know, the values leader, values-based leadership and really looking at the values and looking at having check-ins with your staff. Um, a lot of business owners are pretty good with doing that with their BCBAs um, or clinical directors, or if they're a larger company, like their leads in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ask, well, what are you doing for your tech? How are you checking in with your techs? Um, And and I kind of get a little a little bit less information on that, or they or you know, and and some are like, oh wow, yeah, you're right. Um, And and I so I think it's important as we're talking about this like interdependent relationship between all the team members. And I love how you like framed it from the beginning because you're 
multiple times you said like team member, team member versus like identifying like who, like tech or BCBA or, you know, um, but I do, I think we look at this across all team members because every member of the team is, is important. Like you yeah. can't, we can't like, and, and like going back to tax just for one more minute. Cause I'm, I'm very passionate about taking care of your techs. Um, yep. you know, we also had a very low turnover rate. Um, we very only, similar, right? Like we only were, lost people because like their husband, the yeah, or, they, they had, they went yeah. on right. to like exactly. further their education. Yeah. Like it was like beyond our control. Yeah. Like, right. It was like, it was life changing. Yeah. I mean, there was no yeah. amount of money or, or right. the environment right. that could have made this right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes. Or if they left on good terms. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. still get emails and texts from them saying, man, I'm with this in another state with another ABA company. I miss you guys so much. You know, like yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. you know, like there's nothing more that you can do. Right. And so, uh, yeah. But none of that, you know, none of that was most of that was just really leading by our values and being kind and being yep. clear. And that, that was, you know, similar to you, like as, as I was growing in, in this, it really, started with my own self-development. Um, once yeah. I got to a point, you know, it was like in my forties and, you know, motherhood and all the pieces start to line up and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. I need to make some changes. I need to learn to do a <laughs> yeah. few things a different way here. Um, yep. and it really, it really started with me, you know, and, and taking care of myself and, um, looking in to see what, what I need. Um, and a lot of what, when you do that, right? A lot of what you look at is like, wow, you don't need what you think you need, you know, because it's, it's more of like letting go of, of things yeah. um, more than taking on more. But like, I was always really flexible and really um, maybe a little too easy uh, with my staff and like, yes, you can take time off. Yes, you can. Yes. Yeah. Like I was kind of a yes person. Um, but then I would take on a lot of that, but over the years I learned how to balance that. And I think that's yes. really when we got, it got to our sweet spot for dang COVID entered, but because of where we were, I feel like we were able to handle those times so much better than we would have been able to, but it's like being able to understand like, I, yes, I can be a yes person and yes, I can be kind and compassionate and understand that my staff are humans and they have human needs and they have human lives. And, um, but at the same time, I have to be clear in my indirect in my communication and what I'm mm -hmm. expecting of them. I can't come home complaining to Steven about something. If I kept telling that person, Oh, it's okay. Well, maybe we could do this. Yep. Mm -mm. No, <laughs> that was suggesting, like you said earlier. Yep. And, and that was it. And then, and then I would go home. Okay. How, what, what do I need to do to take this on to fix this to like, mm -hmm. I and must not be doing out, something. Right? And then, that, yeah. and then talk about burnout. Hello. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, boundaries and delegating. Great. But 100%, everyone listening, I really feel like whether you're start, you're thinking about starting a company, uh, run, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, or if you are, have, say that. Say have that. Been, been in this for 10 years or 20 years or whatever, right? Like it, like it's the end of the year. It's time for reflection anyways. Right. And so, you know, like really sitting back and looking and saying, you know, especially if you're someone who is having 
you know, health problems or you're, you're like just exhausted and you're having all these physical symptoms and, or you're, or you're just really not loving your work anymore. Mm. Like all of those, we won't, that takes the podcast in a whole different direction. We could definitely do that one day too, but like what's going on, right? If you're not really, I'm not going to say happy because we're not all going to be happy all the time, but if you're not really fulfilled, if you're not really getting what you were hoping out of owning an ABA company, if, if, if you're like past that starting point, yes, the starting point, those first couple of years, wow, crazy. You're going to be working all the time. I don't even think you realize what you're getting into the first no. couple of years. I mean, you're just no. trying, you're just you're trying just, to figure you're wearing it out. All the sure hats, you make yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but like, if you're, yeah. if you've, if you're several years into it and you're still, still feeling still in that, that startup mode, it's still in that start. You just really, yeah. I, I really um, urge you to sit back a minute, maybe even, you know, go on a walk, pull out a notepad and journal, or I don't know, do whatever you do to kind of help reflect and like go through and like, think about this really. Like, am I, you know, what's my relationship with my staff? What, what are the relationships like between the team members with it? And who, you, you are talking in the beginning about your, um, your talk with a financial advisor or whoever, and they pose this question to you about like the interdependency of the team. So what, like, so what question, what would you say that every business owner should stop and ask themselves right now to check in on this topic? I would really make sure you're focusing on your why. What is your why? Because at the end of the day, that is going to sometimes be the only thing that keeps you going. Um, what is your why? Have that, has that been clearly defined? You know, um, are you willing to recognize your weaknesses and your shortcomings and take ownership because at the end of the day, everything leads back to you and you have to understand that it doesn't matter. You can walk into your office and if you are in a bad mood, your entire staff is going to feel that and they are walking on eggshells the rest of the day. You walk in with the big happy and be ready. Are you ready for that burden and that responsibility? Cause that it is a huge responsibility you are, it's not fair. It's not fair that we have to make sure we're walking in. There's days I sit in my car for 30 minutes, just prepping myself <laughs> to go in, you know, what is that? Like, did you ever see, uh, uh, Kung Fu Panda inner peace? Yes. <laughs> yes. Inner, inner, inner peace, yeah. you know, you know, because I know that when I walk through that door, no matter what, whether it has anything to do with anybody here, which nine times out of 10, it doesn't. They're going to pick up on that. So are you ready for that responsibility? Because you are, it, it's like being a parent. They're going to watch you for their reactions on how they should act. And I don't think that is something people talk about. We talk about the, or do you have, you know, we talk about the business, you know, do you have a plan? Do you have, you know, financing? Do you, are you ready for this? But are you ready for that personal challenge that you will be challenged in more than you have ever been challenged short of being a parent? Are you ready for that immense responsibility on your shoulders? Because these are people and you are now getting in the business of people. And are you ready for that? Because that is ginormous. And I just want to kind of touch on what you said, April, about, um, or Stephen, when you were talking about past and past team members who have texted you and said, man, I miss you. 
back to that initial of where did my confidence come in right there. Yeah. When I, I have, when I have those relationships and I have staff members still contacting me, you know, I miss you. We miss you. You know, you know, maybe they've moved on into a different career, but still, and what that, all that did was reinforce that what we were offering and what we were doing was right. And we were, we were helping people and, and we were keeping the integrity and the character of the company that I wanted. And like, you know, being a yes person on letting people off, whenever I have my team say, you know, I just don't think we're strict enough on sometimes I'm like, that is not who we are. That is not who we are. We are dealing with people and people are going through things. And if you will take five minutes out of your day to check in with this person, you may have just averted a them quitting that you just never knew was coming because you, we just take five minutes out of it. The best advice I have heard here in the last month, and this is hilarious where I've heard it. Do you ever watch um, Kitchen Nightmares? I've, with Gordon I've heard of it, but a good friend of mine watches it, but I have not. Okay. So it's really interesting watching him from the very beginning season to where he is now, because he has definitely grown as a leader and grown and matured. And he's not quite the jerk that he was in the beginning that he got the big rap for. He went up to somebody and he said, he was talking to them and he said, I want to help you. I, I am here to help you, but I absolutely will not carry you. And when he said that, I was like, that's my new motto. I'm here to help you, but I'm not going to carry you. And it goes back into that responsibility as a team member. What is your responsibility in this dynamic? You know, because I can't operate without you and you can't operate without me. So we are a team. My RBTs are not stupid. You're a bad leader and somebody has to point it out. You do. You don't get to say that. You don't get to call people stupid. You don't get to call them whatever until you have taken a complete look at yourself to make sure that you've done everything in your power to prevent that from happening. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think yes. I think leaders like, you know, that's a you know, you were talking about like you having to take a look at yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of leaders, and this is something that I've had to learn myself, right, is yeah. you've got to be humble, right? you got to give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. You also got to be humble and say, man, I'm not good at this. And I'm yeah. completely ignorant in these areas. And so what do I do? I'm going to ask some stupid questions and I'm going to find out as much as I can and I'm going to get better. Uh, but if, if you can't recognize Learning your, y- yes, yeah, yeah. If you can't be humble and and you get stuck. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's only going to help you if you can be a little bit humble and a little bit graceful. Uh, and, and maybe that will affect your team. And I, I think that's something else that you said I, I overheard is our uh, new roof uh, material has arrived. Um, I, that's but, what I figured was happening. When but, you, uh, you know, you, you mentioned something around burnout. Like if, if you're, if the owners are burnt out, like that's going to yeah. affect the staff. And I a hundred percent agree with that. Like if you're, if you're burnt out as leaders are burnt out, the staff see it, the staff know it, like you're not fooling anybody. Right. And uh, so how you approach burnout well, even if you try, even if you try to put on a happy face, yeah. today, like you, it, it's just in, disgenuine yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, people see yeah. through it. And then yeah. it actually starts like that, like they, their nervous systems become more totally. alerted because yes. they're like, well, something's not matching up yeah. here. Something's not. But right. then, you know, that affects the staff as, oh mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm burnt out too, but I just got to push through it. And so, exactly. you know, it's, it's, yeah. So recognizing that and, and going at it a different way is really important. 
Well, this has been such an amazing conversation and it's been, um, it's taken us a few months to get this together for various reasons. Um, but I'm so glad this day finally came and I'm so glad that you, um, were so willing to come on and share with us today because I think this is what well, I don't think I know this is important. Yeah. This is so important and we don't talk about it enough. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, we put a lot of we put a lot of responsibilities on on business owners and and, and as a good leader you are going to take that responsibility but part of being responsible is also holding people accountable and holding them responsible for their relationship cuz so just like I said in the beginning I would never take this burden on in any other relationship in my life why would I why was I doing that as this because you know, and if the more humble you are, the more you're learning, the more the more willing people are going to buy in. And it's not going to be this is just the policy and this is what we're going to do. We were having an issue with some safety with locking the door. And I made it I instead of making it about this is what you're going to do. We started doing scenarios. We did role playing of safety, real life. It was a phone policy, people just being on your phone. And I made all of these scenarios for all of the team to do just different moral modeling or modeling of them. And all I put the worst case scenario of everything from just looking at your phone for five seconds. And then each like me or my clinical director or one of one of us, we would play the parent and we did not let we let it go. I mean, we acted like we were real parents and just unleashed and we made them feel how important this is. This isn't just a bunch of rules. This is here for a reason. And again, it gets back into that. Why, why do we have this? It's not because I just have like, I want to sit here with a big rule book. I'm a, I'm a business owner for a reason. I don't want to follow. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I don't want to do that. But I don't, in the same mindset, I don't want everybody to just think this is a big rule oriented place. And this is all we do is rule, rule, rule. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a very interesting drive. So to future business owners or people doing it, be ready and and make sure, because I can't, I can't prepare you or, no one can truly prepare you for this journey unless you're just really being honest and saying this will be one of the hardest things you do and you will uh, you will go through stress you have never gone through yeah and, and that life. goes back to knowing your why the values right and april right so values based leadership so like just having those values because when you're on the ground and a ball curled under your desk because everything has gone wrong <laughs> I've been there. Or We're when not you, joking. When you, He's saying that because I was when, there. When you wake up at two in the morning with like, you think you're going to have a heart attack. And um, that was him. Like <laughs> values, like that's all you've got left, right? Is your core values yeah. and the why. Uh, so you need that. Because if you don't have it, it's going to be a whole lot harder. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, well, and, and, and then so, get a mentor. Yes. I, I think you yes. said that yes. too. You, just a group of people that you can talk to and vent because it gets lonely. Uh, don't vent on Facebook. Don't do so, it. No. So, so yeah, so I, I really, so I'm, I'm just going to go ahead. I haven't gotten a clearance from Steven yes. to say this yet, but this is something that I'm working on about. I'm figuring out how I can provide this in 2024 for other BCBA businesses. So we have our panel. Um, and, and and we, I'm sure, as you probably all know, we have our pre-conversations and our post-conversations. And the biggest thing that I hear from Jen and other panel members is this is 
it's so lonely. Mm. It's so lonely up here. It's so lonely. This is so helpful. This, you know, gives us a sense of community um, without being on Facebook. Social media has its place. Oh, my gosh. Yes. As we broadcast this on Facebook. I mean, it it does. (laughs) But... You know, venting about certain things may not be the best on on Facebook, but anyways. So I am, I am, I am. Got a few things in the works of like how to bring together some support um, in the sense of mentors and how we can match certain people and just like people can volunteer or we can have a virtual meeting ever so often or something like that, just so that we can like have a space to be here for each other in the with the goal of like helping each other, yeah. right? Not bogging, you know, there's a little room for some venting, but then how can we help each other? How mm-hmm. can we help lift each other up and help offer like real tools and solutions to work through what we're going through? So that's something. And then I also have, I'm very excited um, about my values-based leadership program that I'm working on that I'm going to be launching at some point at the early 2024. And I'm going to say Jennifer Helton was my inspiration for this program. And I want to thank you so much because, um, you know, finding your why, what is your why? Uh, And so I'm going to be reaching out to some people and asking you uh, what your why is. And, um, and I'll reach out to you some more, Jennifer, and see if you want to do some more with me on that. Um, but I think it's, you know, we've had some several conversations and you've said it numerous times and, and I totally am am super excited. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. And you'll hear more about it over the next couple of months for sure. But I do want to be respectful of everyone's time. I know we, we had quite a fumble of a start. And so those of you who stuck with us during the whole time, I really appreciate it. It was quite a few. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so thank you. And then also, um, this will be streamed live on. Well, it's live right now. I mean, but like, sorry, the, the recording will be here yeah, available yes. like, uh-huh. like yeah. it. And so anyone is. that watches this on Facebook, put in your right. Like, how do you yeah. deal with uh, this? Because ever like, again, like if, if one person has a question a thousand people have the same question Absolutely. they they struggle with the same issues so and so this is or where i am going to say we can use the social media yes. to bring each other up and come together and, and this in this well i don't want us you know i don't want to brag some, i don't want to brag but i think our group is pretty our group is pretty, very yeah, yeah our, good, our group yeah. is really there's not a lot of drama on there is not page, a lot of drama no. there's a lot of help do you guys um do you ever, you know what I always, when I go, cause I'm on a lot of those Facebook groups and I'll check in every once in a while. And I can always tell where the person is in their development as a business owner by the questions that they're posing. And you're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right here. You almost want a private message and go run. Yeah. run yeah. Now, <laughs> or let me give you a big hug. It's going to get better. Yeah. Here, uh, call me and we'll have a, we'll have a glass yeah. of wine over the Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. So yeah, so this will be streaming. Um, not sure exactly the date, but soon um, we'll yeah, stream on, on all of our podcasts. Stuff, um, and YouTube and all that. Stuff. And YouTube and all of those good things. But yeah. if, if those of you watching, that's not during the live, but yes. watching the recorded or listening, feel free to, um, you know, send us any comments or any mm-hmm. questions. Um, yeah. All right. Are we good? We're good. All right. Thank you, thank you yes, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for allowing me to present on that. I do hopefully, I mean, I, I feel very passionate about this and the field of ABA and helping our kids and 
you can't help your kids if you can't if your team's not healthy. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone have an amazing day and we'll be back to see you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Hopefully it was helpful. If you would like to gain access to this entire video and actually our entire library of videos, please join our ABA Business Leaders membership. You can find that at www.3piesquare.com. Thank you.